the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to that show. Hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. I am your host, Nick DiGilio. I'm a podcaster, a comedy writer, and performer, a graduate of Second City, a Saturday Night Live expert and historian. And each week, we'll look at everything SNL, the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. And sometimes I'll have a guest, sometimes I won't. Uh, But every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche of that show hasn't been funny in years is absolutely wrong. And we do indeed have a guest on episode 11. My guest is a terrific, unbelievably funny and talented actress who, while here in Chicago, spent a lot of time here, worked on and played various characters on the Man Cow Cow Morning Radio Show. She acted in several plays, including Tony and Tina's Wedding. She played Amy Winehouse in a review show right here in Chicago. She perfected her incredible impressions and her improv skills all over the stages in this city before moving to L.A. Then she's appeared on TV shows like Two Broke Girls and Workaholics and Californication and Perpetual Grace Limited, Rel, Will and Grace. She's been in movies like uh, Very Harold and Kumar Christmas, The Mad Ones and Friendsgiving. Uh, she's appeared as Beth, the CBS executive, and other characters on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Did amazingly funny, great work on that show. Was lucky enough to appear on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. She's probably best known, though, as the awesome, kick-ass, and hilarious Kelly Maxwell on Ash vs. Evil Dead. Her latest movie is the hilarious conspiracy lockdown comedy The Disappearance of Toby Blackwood, in which she appears and is executive producer. She is beautiful. She is absolutely hilarious. She should be on SNL. And she is my future ex-wife. She is the incredible Dana DiLorenzo. Hi, Dana. How are you? Hi, Nick. I'm great. How are you? Thanks Um, for having me. It's my pleasure, of course. You know that. Now, uh, for for people who are unfamiliar, Dana DiLorenzo, as I just mentioned, is an incredible actress and a really talented lady. And she's also, for people who might not listen to my other podcast, the Nick D podcast, she's also my future ex-wife. Um, and how, how did, how did that happen, Dana? How, how did we, how did uh, that, that, that's a question for you. I think you called me that the very first time I came into your studio, the very first time we met, yeah. I think in between one of the breaks, if, if memory serves me, you just called me your future ex-wife or you did it soon after our, the, we first met. And I remember thinking like, wait, what, why did we skip all the good stuff? <laughs> we had because we had such a good. It was still like one of my favorite interviews to date, yeah, yeah. and um, we had it was like it was so exhilarating and it was effortless and just so much fun. It's probably it was honestly no, it was it was the best one. It was the best. It, it, it still remains like the best interview. I yeah. had the best time, is what I mean. And um, and then I was. It, it was like uh, we became fast friends, and then all of a sudden it was like I was already your future ex-wife. I was like, well, okay, I just well, uh, I'll take I, it. I, I would love to marry you and stay married to you. It's just that my history in that department's not very strong. So that's why I, I went straight. That's why I went straight. I see. <laughs> I see. So. Well, hey, at least you're honest. That's good. Yeah, I meant to. That's right. Meant that's it. all on me. Could, you know what? Yeah, we could skip all the turmoil. I see what you did. Okay, I get it. I'm, I'm on board with it. Yeah, I'm on board okay. with it. Well, anyway, we now like we have a very amicable relationship post-divorce. <laughs> that's, so. that's right. The divorce is going to go very smooth. No, there won't be any problems. Uh, but no, but in, in other words, I, I wanted to let people know who listen to this podcast that you and I are really buddies and we're very, very close and uh, we yeah. like each other a lot. I mean, calm down, calm All down. All right. All right. So anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, that's my line, Nick. Come on. I know. I that's know. That's my line. Calm down. I think it's funny to say calm down when someone does not need to calm down. That's 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 always been one of those things that pisses people off, you know. I know that's why I say it. It's fun to me. It's fun for me. I'm a ball bust, you know. Yeah, that. I know that. I know that. So you spent some time here in Chicago, and a lot of these episodes of uh, that that funny that show hasn't been funny in years. 
um, concentrate a lot because a lot of people who ended up on SNL went through Chicago, either through IO or Second City and all that stuff. Um, and you spent some time just doing some stuff on stage here um, in Chicago. You worked on you worked in radio, which is another thing that we had in common. And that required you some of the morning shows and other things that you've done that required you to do different characters and things like that. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And and improv and and, you know, we kind of. Uh, moved very, very quickly, and you had to... That was me being thrown into the deep end, to be honest, of improv, because it was, you know, five and a half hours of trying to know exactly what what to say because it no the the to know exactly what to say if a bit was coming up and just I had never done anything like that and you just learn by you know trial and error and there was a lot of error trust me yeah. a lot of error to be thrown into something like that fast okay. paced but it was a great it's a great you know learning experience when you're just kind of shoved in the deep end yeah. with anything right well it's and you know fun. when you go out to when you went out to LA you'd booked you'd booked a couple of shows and you 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 did a lot of stuff that was comedy related because you're very very funny and you ended up working on Craig Ferguson's show. You were Beth, the CBS executive. Um, and you want to talk about being thrown into the deep end. We've talked <laughs> about this before. Um, very briefly, what was it like to work, you know, with, with no net on that incredible show? It was absolutely terrifying. When I think, like, just you mentioning it makes me start to sweat, like cold sweat. My, my feet and my hands are tingling. Yeah. And then there's moisture. Uh, because that was another thrown to the deep end exactly where uh from start to finish that whole experience was I had the, the way I'd sum it up was I had no idea what I was doing from the audition to to when I was on it to when it ended I'm like what I have no idea what happened and so because basically the quick story of that uh is I got a call oh uh you're gonna go audition you're gonna go improvise with Craig this is for the audition you're gonna go improvise with Craig Ferguson tomorrow at three, uh, and there's gonna be a puppet. And I said, well, okay, well, I'm not a puppeteer. Do I have to puppet it? They're like, no, you're just the voice. You're just gonna be the voice. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, is it, and that's all I knew. And that is all I knew. Right. I get there, there's only about five girls that are there that they're seeing. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, um, but they're puppeteers. And so I, I, I'm, at, I'm trying to get answers from the people there. I'm like, wait, I, I think there's been a, a, a problem. I, I, I'm a miscommunication. I'm not a puppeteer. Like, oh, okay. And no one seemed to care or no one seemed to whatever. And then there was this packet of information of like a script we were going to have to read. And, and oh. well, we had to come up with this. We had to come up with this character voice for this rhino. Next thing I know, I am <laughs> brought out to the side of the stage opposite of Josh Robert Thompson, who was played the great uh, Jeff the Robot yeah. um, on, on the show, the, uh, which he is a puppeteer, and he's, and he's the sidekick, right? And so I, uh, it was like a pit crew, Nick. It yeah. was a pit crew. This is just the audition. A pit crew of people putting a headset on me. All of a sudden, I'm looking at an airplane controller, and I'm like, what are all these buttons? And then this, as this is all happening, someone's micing me in 30 seconds, pit crew. And this guy goes... This, this lever moves the, the eyes. This lever moves the mouth. Good luck. And of course, I didn't <laughs> see what it was. So, I, w I mean, I have no idea what that audition looked like because I know for a fact I didn't. I know I was blinking the eyelids instead of moving the mouth. I know. So, I just, I was like, I have no idea. So, I just did a voice and, and there was no script. I'm looking at the script. No, no. So, we're just improvising. And I'm like, I have no idea. And I'm just, just I, I honestly don't know what I did. But uh, I got the job. Craig came up and he's like, oh, it was great. You start Monday. And this was like a Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm not a puppeteer. He's like, oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm like, what the heck? So yeah. then I'm thinking I'm going to like get a crash course in four days on how to puppeteer. No. Come Monday, I'm there. I'm like, can I go a little early to familiarize myself with that airplane controller of the puppet? Next thing you know, I don't know when I'm speaking. We're on the air. I don't know when to talk. I like it was so much yeah. that lasted about three days. And then Craig's like, I really want to have you on my show. I just don't know what to do with you. So we're going to figure it out. Next thing you know, they write a sketch for me as this executive that's going to just come out, do the sketch, and then be done for the day. Okay. Uh, and, and maybe I would come back as this recurring character. I, but that, I, I don't think I, any of us thought that at the moment I do the sketch 
right? And I'm soaking wet at the end of the sketch in a 50 degree studio and it's ice cold water. Yep. And then he, soaking wet, I go to tell off and go back. I'm ready to go backstage and be done. And he's like, just stay out here and keep yelling at me. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm. I'm soaking wet. He's like, it's fine. Just keep, just keep yelling at me. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's funny. I'm like, but uh, so then I like, but all I had to go on was the sketch that we had just done. That was a t- one, you know, two minute sketch. Right. So I'm like, oh, I, okay. Like I had no idea what I was doing. And somehow then that just stuck. And then every day it was just, okay, well, what else? Like, oh, that's our dynamic is he just says things that are offensive and I get really mad at him and give him right. looks. Right. That was literally all I knew what to do. Yeah. And then some days I was told like, don't speak. Then some days I, w- then it was like, oh, but I'm supposed to speak. It was so insane. And to be honest, I have to give credit to Josh Robert Thompson and to Craig because what they do, it, that entire show was improvised. Even yep. if there was a monologue written, yep. Craig would just go off the cuff. Jeff, or Jeff, uh, Josh would be able to, you know, pick it up. And I'm just trying to figure out, you don't want to like step on people's toes. You know, they yeah. were like Abbott and Costello. They had such a history and such a dynamic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, but I'll tell you, it was wild and it was fun. And I learned so much in hindsight, just from, just from observing and being there, to be honest. Like I just, I just said, to be honest twice, that's annoying. Um, but yeah, so it was it like, uh, sorry, I'm getting all hyped up from it. Just like I'm pacing in my apartment, just thinking about it because I remember just like, oh, cause, and especially like I was not the person for that job. I am not like, I have friends that are, you know, second city alums and still work doing improv to this day. And, and they're, it's just a skill. I can improv within a parameter, like, you know, sure. like a curb your enthusiasm. If you know where it's going, I, I can do it, but I, I'm not great at it. It's a special kind of skill, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the person, you know, it's yes. And, and I'm like, no, why <laughs> that's my skill set. <laughs> so I, I really, I, you know, I feel bad because that was one that I, I don't know why I got that job. I shouldn't have, but, uh, I, I'm really grateful for it. Well, the, you know, I'm sure the experience was amazing and you were, you were funny as hell on it. And, um, and, you know, uh, uh, on my other podcast, the Nikki podcast, Josh Robert Thompson has been on a couple of times. He was a regular on my other show and he's a great dude. And a he's very one of my guy. very dear friends from that. Yeah. yeah. He yeah, is, he's... he is probably one of the funniest, honestly, that that guy should be the biggest, he should have his own show. That guy is one of the funniest, uh, most genius people I've ever met in my life. That is not an understatement. That is yeah. not an exaggeration. It's a fact, you know, it is. I know, I know, I know he's great now. Brilliant. Uh, so you, you are though, not to, I don't want to underestimate your talent because you're, inc- I think you're incredibly talented and you're oh, also, I think you're also extraordinarily funny. You kill me, um, <laughs> both both in real life and in movies and on television. Uh, and now, so you know, I also think you're naturally funny, and I also think that you do great impressions. And these are things that obviously you find in spades on Saturday night. No, no pun intended. You find in spades. <laughs> uh, see, on Saturday <laughs> Never night. Never met Live. a pun I didn't like, Nick. Never met a pun I didn't like. And I, I wanted to have you on because, uh, you know, I mean, you did, uh, you know, you, you tested for Mad TV, which was kind of an offshoot kind of Fox's answer to Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of that great base comedic skill set that is required uh, to be on SNL. And I've, all, I've told you this before. I've often thought that you should be and should have been a cast member on SNL. I think you're that goddamn funny and that good. Um, well, but I wanted to get into this because, like, everybody – who has ever done comedy, whether it be, you know, on stage or in TV or things like that, at some point has been inspired by Saturday Night Live or watched Saturday Night Live. And I just wanted to get your personal experiences with watching the show, who some of your favorite, you know, uh, players were and things like that. So let's go back to the beginning. Do you remember the first time you started watching it? Was it kind of a taboo thing? Did your parents let you watch it? How'd that work out? Yes, I, I, it what it's so foggy, but I do know it was kind of taboo. Um, and the only, and, and, and I, I wish I knew why this, this was this particularly, uh, different night, but it was a Saturday night. I remember, well, obviously it was a Saturday night. What an idiot. It was a Saturday <laughs> night and I was there. I think, uh, uh, my parents became friends with, um, the, uh, the parents of a kid who had just moved to just like came to came to my my school and I was in we were in sixth grade so I would have been what twelve or thirteen. Well, and I by think. the way, this is this is in Ohio. I just, this is in yeah. Youngstown, Ohio. Right. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. and I I don't really remember why they were all going out, but I think because I had a younger brother and this kid Ryan had a, a younger brother. I think I, 
that bit is 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 a little uh is a little rusty, but um, I do remember we had a babysitter, and I don't know if it was that Ryan, I think this kid my age, who was allowed to watch SNL, and so I think they had to get permission, and so we put it on, right? And I and and in my and this is in my house, and I don't ever. This is the very first time I'd ever seen it. Now I could be wrong, but how I remember it is the very first sketch and the only sketch I remember from that night is seeing Heather Locklear and David Spade doing um, the uh, flight attendant sketch right. and going, thank you very much, bye-bye. Right. Now, I don't even think I've been, okay. I think I'd been on an airplane once in my life and I just remember laughing so hard. And yeah. well, just, yeah. Let me just say that. Um, it was not, you're misremembering it, um, hmm. because it was not Heather Locklear, it was Helen Hunt. Oh, well, okay. that's my that's my 12-year-old brain. Right. Yep. No, no, no. That's cool. That's because so funny. I've be- never looked it up, and that that's so funny. In my head, it's distinctly well, – that is it's, crazy. It's funny because – Helen Hunt. Because okay. I, I texted you, and I was like, give me give me a few bullet points as to stuff that you remember that you really liked. And, you, and in it, you said Helen Hunt uh, doing – and by the way, the, the airline was called the Total Bastard Airlines. That's what the <laughs> – I don't remember that either. <laughs> that's, that's I purposely what... <laughs> didn't look it up because I wanted to be surprised. Right. Well, and, and so I looked it up, and I watched the entire Heather Lock episode <laughs> and, oh god i'm sorry and, no that's okay because i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do an episode about it so trust me i'm gonna okay, it's, great. It's, this is all to be followed away but i remember specifically the helen hunt one and so let's let's jar your memory a little bit okay dana listen to this okay here we go mm-hmm. thanks for flying with us bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> thanks now bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> bye-bye 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 hey you live here in pittsburgh uh, no, actually, I'm here. Bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, could you tell bye me... Bye-bye. I'm sorry, what? What part didn't you understand? The buh or the bye? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm getting a connecting flight to Denver, and mm-hmm. I was wondering, do you know the gate? Bye-bye. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just about to bye-bye. go. Bye-bye. But if you just wait... Bye-bye. 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 You're very heavy. What'd you say, Mom? What? I said bye-bye. I just said bye-bye 40 times in a row. Why would I say anything else? It doesn't make sense. Did I just say something without knowing it? No, go, bye-bye. Hi. Okay, bye-bye. I'm sorry, I just broke my leg. How strange. I swear she said bye-bye, yet I still see your mouth flapping. Yeah, but I... Uh, have... That, uh, there it is again, the flapping mouth. How odd. I want to see motion, movement, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay? Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Sorry about the leg. Yeah. Bye-bye. I'm going to be waiting for you outside in the terminal. Great. Bye-bye. No, 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 no. There's more. I'm going to pound your face in. Okay, Slack. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to destroy you. Bye-bye. I am going to... Okay, so that's... that's and that last one, that last one was Adam Sandler, who's like, "I'm going to kick your ass." Right, and, right. And and the one right. and the one that Spade says, "You're very heavy," is of course Chris Farley. Um, right. But and and so they did that sketch. They did that sketch. I think a total of four times, and that was one of the first times they did it. And uh, and to and for, for my mind, it was the funniest. But that's the one that stuck out with you as a 12 year old. That's the one, even though you didn't. Well, that's really... the first one I saw. That is, that's just what I remember. The only thing I remember about the first time I saw SNL is yeah. that specific sketch. And seeing it in my, you know, we had one of those old school TVs with a clicker. Like, it either was just like a, yeah. a left and a right. And, and, and I remember distinctly watching that on our, on our TV. And then Ryan and I, because he was like a cute kid in, in, in sixth grade. He was the new kid that came in from a different town. So then I, and I was a loser. I was the one always getting picked on and made fun of because I was a nerd. And uh, so I remember feeling really cool that week or like for a few weeks after because every time we'd see each other in class or in the hallway we'd go i'm never gonna see you again bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> and so it just that became you know yeah we just would do it all the time and i it's, would do it yeah it was just i i, I love i don't know i loved it and then i from that point on loved david spade and farley and yeah. and you know and that uh, era so that, that era is the era where you first started like really the earliest yeah. yeah so like around yeah. the Mid ninety ish, uh, correct. Yeah. And then soon after, to this day, my favorite mo- two. I'm not ashamed to say it at all. My two of my favorite movies to this day, I will stop and watch. You know, we've talked about that before. Where even if it's on cable and it's yeah. in the middle of the movie and yeah. you're channel surfing, and you, you, I will stop and finish watching it, even with there's commercials, or whatever. Um, and I've seen them a hundred times. Is, yeah, that that for the, me, they, I call that I call those remote droppers, like a movie yeah, where you exactly. just drop, you exactly. drop the remote. Yes. Yes, yeah. the drop the, my remote droppers. 
Um, one of my favorite movies is uh, Billy Madison mm -hmm. um, because as a kid, again, around that age, we'd watch it and it was so, we just would quote, we just thought it was the funniest thing as 12 year old, 13 year old girls like me and the, me and the starting, uh, we were starters on the basketball team. So we were really close knit and that's what we would do. We'd watch, you know, rent, rented it at a blockbuster video when it came out and uh, just watch it over and over. And then the other one was um, uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, man. Uh, so that, that era of, of guys right. yeah, with Norm Macdonald. Right. Come on. Love him. Yeah. Norm, the late, great Norm Macdonald. Uh, amazing. Um, yeah. It's funny because in that bye-bye sketch, that was kind of like they, they basically had Helen Hunt and they had David Spade as your, you know, flight attendants, you know, at total bastard airlines. And they had everybody just walk through. I mean, it was like half the cast did because Kevin Nealon walks through, Jay Moore yeah. walks through, Mike Myers walks through, Chris Farley walks through, Rob Schneider walks through, Adam Sandler walks through. And it was like, let's line up the entire cast and have David Spade and Helen Hunt insult them. And that's, <laughs> that's basically it. But it's funny. Now, were you a, were you a big fan of stuff like was Because for me, of that era, well, this was a little bit later. Um, but for me, the, one of the biggest remote droppers of that cast for me is Tommy Boy. I watched Tommy Boy. Oh, God. Yeah, of course. Every oh, God. single time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. God. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Forgot to mention that one. Yeah. That's, that's the one that I, I mean, that, I think that's the one that I, uh, that, that I, of, of the remote dropper that are influenced by SNL of that era. That's my favorite. I love um, that. So some of the other ones that so guy, and yeah. I still do that in a little coat. Yeah. It's, it's a clip on, <laughs> you think? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's something we could quote that movie for the next we hour. I mean, uh, a left and right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, you know, it's weird because it, I, I'm always so interested to, to, to hear people's like first memories. And I, in, I, uh, I interviewed my, my uh, ex producer, Tom Hush, um, who was born in, uh, born in 1993. And that makes me feel like I'm 127 Jesus. years old. Yeah, I know. Um, and his first memories were of, the Lonely Island guys. So like the Andy Sandberg stuff, like here really quickly, like this. I'm an that whole like, I, you know, that whole, I, right, you know, yeah. and, and the dick in the box and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And it's interesting to me when I talk to people who are of a different era or a different age or a different background of me, because for me, I watched the very first episode. I watched the, wow. I, I remember watching it. I was 10 years old. I remember watching it. George Carlin was the guest. And wow. so I, I have, was the host and I remember That's watching right. it vividly and Andy Kaufman was on the very first time I ever yeah. saw Andy Kaufman oh, was on that. So it's, it's always really a lot of fun for me to, to uh, talk to what the childhood memories w were. And uh, yeah. And it's, so, yeah. So, so Total Bastard Airlines, that's the first one that you got. No, so just I'm in so embarrassed, though. I thought it was, why is she, Heather Locklear never did it. I can't believe it. She why? did not do that. She, did, she did she, not do like, that sketch. Like, when they did it four times, did Helen Hunt come back every time, or who did they No, 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 they had, they had different, they had a male. Okay. Uh, they had, no, they had different, but it was not, it was the very first time they did it, and the very, the, and the one that I'm, I know you were talking about was that one, and it was wow. Helen Hunt. And I can see that. She's blonde, and she's pretty. Yeah, and, but that's embarrassing that all these years, oh, no. I mean, because I never, I don't know why. I've never looked it up. I don't know why I've never looked it up. Or you know what? Maybe I looked it up. Was like, wow, I'm an idiot, and then forgot, and yeah. still think it's other. Gosh, I'm an yeah, I, I, but no, that, you're not. That makes me. That's embarrassing. No, it's not. I mean, because you know, like I'm the SNL dork here, <laughs> so it's. I don't expect yeah, but anybody. I should to... know if it's my first sketch that I ever saw, and oh. SNL was such a huge influence on me, and was my dream for so many years. Like I. I actually was going to test, but I was tied to a different show that never saw the light of day. Mm -hmm. But like I, so the fact that I don't even know the correct no, that, uh, actors in it, but, but yeah. Okay. Thank so, you for clarifying. I will no, that's cool. It. So, so um, you, you said that you wanted to, you wanted to get on SNL um, um, and you do, you do impressions and things like that. And uh, were you, were, if you were going to do that, did you have like an audition tape that you had in mind? Was there something that you were going to, that you were set to do that you wanted to do for them? Like for, for instance, you tested for Mad TV. What did you do for them? Uh, yeah, I tested for Mad TV and I tested for another pilot uh, that Jamie Foxx uh, executive produced. And, um, you know, it, it depends on who was who were the celebrities that were big at the time, as opposed to, you know, the ones that were in my wheelhouse. So like, Fran Drescher is in my wheelhouse from just because I that I sound like her. Um, anyway, but uh, who did I do um, for those auditions? Uh, Miley Cyrus, Kim Kardashian, Amy Winehouse was the the later one of the later ones mm -hmm. um, uh, because yeah for the second um, the second show. Um, 
oh, Liza Minnelli, Chelsea Handler. Uh, I did Kim Kardashian first and surprise. And then after I think we said, I'm trying to think if I, if we, yeah, we must, yes, we did. Uh, because I couldn't test and go there in person because I was tied to a different show. I was able to send in a tape, which I knew wasn't going to whatever. But then interestingly that, that fall, um, the two of my my top impressions, which were Kardashian and Cy Miley Cyrus, were then on. That's where they did them in the fall. I'm like, oh, see, I could have been right up in there doing them. Um, yep. I yep. know, but uh, yeah, I'm trying. That's that's pretty much. And then I would just come up with different characters, like you know, Megan the Vegan and things like. It's just you know, you have to you have to have original characters and celebrities yeah. for it. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Kristen Stewart, even Emma Stone. Like Kristen Stewart really didn't have, I didn't do a voice. I just constantly played with my hair and looked right. distraught. Right. And, uh, and, 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 and you do do, uh, one of my favorite impressions that you do, uh, as oh, I mentioned yeah. a million times is Juliette Lewis, which is my favorite. It just kills me, uh, that you do that. And, uh, and I did see some of your impressions. I saw one of your reels and I think you do, you, you do great work. And I think you would, and I've said this a million times. I think you would have fit in perfectly on Saturday Night Live at any time. Thank you. Um, well, I, I've heard how grueling it is though. And I, I don't think I, I think that would have been really, I mean, just, I have, I, I know, um, a couple people who who've been on it over the years and it's just i mean that it is it is intense yeah. it looks yeah. like so much fun. i mean it is you have to again i think you have to be a certain kind of person to be able to like handle that and i don't know that i could have handled it because also you have to be a really you have to be a really good writer yeah. and i don't think my, my i think my writing uh was not was not up to it was not as good as my impressions by any means yeah. so it, you I, have to I, be really good at both you i know? had i had a couple of people on this uh, podcast here i had brooks whelan on who spent one sem oh, one semester god that's boy is that <laughs> boy that really is freudian isn't it uh, in, in some way uh. um but he said one season and then i had uh john rudnitsky on uh, oh nice podcast. yeah um and he spent one season and they talk about how you know, like one week you think you're a superstar because like three of your sketches made it and then you're not on for another month. And right, and you have yeah. to, and you have to deal with that up and down bullshit and you have to be there, you know, fourteen hours yes. a day for four days straight, not sleeping and you know, it was right. different it was different in the seventies when everybody was doing blow. You know, I mean it was, it was right. you know, right. um, but yeah, they told incredible stories about the highs and lows and how that can just completely by the end of the season, you are done, man. You're That's done. A, yeah, I I have heard that, and it's like again, I I I I would like to think I could have handled it, but if I'm being honest, I don't think that kind. Because of, also, I I don't like being. I'm a competitive person when it comes to like sports, and when I'm especially if you know, I I really like playing on a team. You know, I like yeah. that kind of competition. But what I just think I've never been good at is is the cutthroat against someone else who's on my team, but not on my team, meaning I like gotcha. against yeah. other cast members. Like you have right. to, all of a sudden it's like every man out for himself and you have to be able, I actually write, I found that I write, I, I would write better for someone else as opposed to me. Well, that, you know, in that kind of environment, then you're just, you're never going to get your exactly. stuff you have to, no, I did, yeah. yeah, you have to be inherently selfish when you're on that show. It's like yeah, you. I don't mean it you, as a negative. I mean no, no, like no, 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 no. You have to yeah. be your own best advocate, basically. No, that yeah, abs no, absolutely. I mean, you got to sell your fucking self when you're on that show. It's like, or you're not going to see the light of day. And and uh, you know, I've talked to people about that in the past about how you know you got to grab a writer who likes you and you got to pitch them yeah. all the time um, to to get on the show. And I and that to me, and I'm with you, Dana. That to me would be fucking exhausting. You know, like I'd right. be like, man, I can't. Uh, you know, but okay, let's get back to some of your favorite stuff. Um, uh, now, you told me that you enjoyed Celebrity Jeopardy. Um, as oh God, no, people. not enjoyed. That is my favorite of all time. I well, I, let me let me play a couple of clips from some Celebrity. Oh Jeopardy. God, I can't wait. I can't and wait. and then we can talk about why we all but, think it's funny yeah, and who your but favorite. Specifically, just, yes, I hope okay. you spoke, but specifically well, Sean let, Connery. But okay, let me let okay. me start. Let me start. Well, let me start. Well, let me start with this one. Okay, just to give this okay. a listen. And uh, these are these. I have three clips here, and they're all from. Uh, Celebrity Jeopardy. I can't wait. I and can't then, wait. And then after we laugh about it, we will talk about why we like it and all that shit. Okay? So Great. here, give, mm -hmm. give, give, this, uh, give, this, uh, give this a listen. And finally, back again, Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with $14. <laughs> hey, hey uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd, Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Great. That's not the right answer. Burt Reynolds. That's not my name. 
Okay. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? <laughs> you buzzed in. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yeah, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> I hate my job. <laughs> All right, so that's... that's, that's yeah, that's... <laughs> Oh, God. So that's the late, uh, great Norm, Norm McDonald. Um, and that's, you know, those sketches, a lot of those sketches were written, um, you know, by Ad, Adam McKay uh, was one of the writers at that time. And so was, and, and Tina Fey, they were behind a lot of those. And, um, and the idea was that Norm McDonald was like, for some reason, because those sketches were, a lot of those sketches that took place, like those in particular, were in the early aughts. So there was like, 2002, 2003-ish, 2004-ish. Right, which was, which was when I was in college, and those, yeah. those is when I was, that's when I was and, avidly watching SNL, yeah. And, and those were, at that time, um, when they asked Norm MacDonald to do Burt Reynolds, he's like, I don't want to do Burt Reynolds now, I want to do 70s Burt Reynolds. So that's why, like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's got the hair and the mustache, and he's chewing gum, because he's, like, doing, you know, Smokey and the Bandit era Burt right. Reynolds. But there's no explanation. Why is it 2004 and he's 70s Burt Reynolds? <laughs> And it doesn't matter because in that it era, doesn't. In that, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, <sighs> and Will Ferrell, an unbelievable, and it's great too because that's one of the few times where Will Ferrell was the straight it's, man. Yes, yes, and yet still funny. Absolutely, absolutely. As um, the straight man, still yeah. makes me laugh. Yeah, still makes absolutely. me laugh. And um, Bert Ryan, when 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 he, is that the scene where is that where uh, Norm has. The big, yeah, the, no, big, the big cow, the styrofoam, the sty- the big giant styrofoam. Like, big hats, they're funny. Yeah. Big hats, big fat. Funny. It's big funny. It's big fat. <laughs> it's funny. Um, and then on that on that particular episode, the other uh, the other celebrities on that episode were imitated. It was Jimmy Fallon was doing French Stewart, so he did the. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then the other one, of course, was Daryl Hammond as Ugh. Sean Connery. So let me play a couple of Sean Connery. I know you love this. <laughs> He's so my me- favorite. Okay, listen to this. Here we go. Well, the game is afoot. <laughs> I'll take anal bum cover for seven thousand. <laughs> oh, that's an album cover, not anal bum cover. I can read Trebek. That says anal bum cover. I spent five years of my life trying to invent an anal bum cover. Failing to do so is my greatest regret. <laughs> okay, so that's that's terrible. I can hear you. I, you're, you're, you're losing your shit. I can hear it. Uh, oh, you can't? <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Because yeah, yeah. Every, every episode, they would, which also, it's hats off to Adam McKay and Tina Fey, because... Uh, I don't think I knew that they that, that they were the the ones who spearheaded that. Um, every episode, <laughs> they would write um, a category right. that would like one of them was something a petite a petite now or something. He's like, I'll take eight tits now for four hundred right. or whatever and, it was. Uh, you know what my favorite was? My favorite and one of the most disturbing one was he goes, oh, uh, Trebek, it must be my lucky day. I'll take the rapists for four hundred. <laughs> oh yeah, for and, therapists. Right, right. <laughs> I forgot about it. Yeah. And every, and I love how they do that every time. I love that there's this why why is Sean Connery hate Alex Trebek? I love the rivalry. Right. And I also love um do you, you have a third clip, don't you? I do. Of it? Okay, yeah. so I, I, here, I don't want to ruin it. I'll wait. Yeah, okay, here we go. Just listen up. You I, I think you'll like this. Here we go. Uh, you were wrong, you Montebank. <laughs> I pose a conundrum to you. Yes. A riddle, if you will. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> what? What's the difference between you and a mallard with a cold? With a cold. One's a sick duck. I can't remember how it ends, but your mother's a whore. So that's, I, I pulled that one specifically for uh, you. Thank you. That is my favorite. I would go around and just say that. I can't remember the rest of the joke, but your mother's a whore. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Daryl Hammond as, yeah. as, as he, Sean Connery. It's, it's brilliant. And again, you know, I've, I've seen interviews and read things about this because he obviously, the, the Celebrity Jeopardy has been a crowd favorite. Um, and they bring it back every time. Every time they have, an, you know, uh, an anniversary show. Um, you know, like a 40th anniversary show, 45th anniversary show, a primetime special. Mm. They always do a Celebrity Jeopardy, and Will Ferrell comes back, and obviously you have to have Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery. And when they were rehearsing it, 
Because if you go way back to see the first time they did it with Sean Connery, he's not nearly as crazy and like, your mother's a whore. He doesn't do a lot of that. And that just developed over time. And, at, and Adam McKay, who was head writer at the time, was like, look, none of this is going to make any sense. we got a Burt Reynolds from the 70s, so let's have an insane Sean Connery who is obsessed with ripping apart Alex Trebek for no reason. And, and let's make that the logic that they live in. You know, I love that. I lo- and I love how every time... Um, so they'd always have the, you know, this, whether it would be like a real celebrity, like I remember there was one with Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks was Tom Hanks, yeah. but all the celebrities are always like n- n- dumb yep. and they don't know any of the answers. Yep. And it's like, you know, to the most, just write down any number, right. it can be a one, <laughs> right. it can be right. a no one. Di- and, um, and then what I always love though, is that at the end when he just skips to the end and it's, uh, okay, what did you write? And Sean Connery always has like a right answer. Like just write any yeah. any nonsense word. It was right. Sean Connery, you wrote Oogly Boo. Well, that is a winner. And then he goes, Don't you want to see how much I wager, Trebek? Right. And then it's like poop. It spells right. out poop or, or like Or if it's or it's a middle finger or it's yeah, him, yeah, yeah. or it's him peeing on his grave. Like that like I <laughs> right. remember that was, Yeah. <laughs> no, it was fun. And it was uh. and it was one of those deals where it was like every time you know, you would see the Celebrity Jeopardy come on, you go, oh, shit, this is going to be gold. I mean, like, every single time. It was one of, you know, like, every once in a while, you'll see, you know, sketches, and you go, I wonder if this is going to work. But every single time you saw the setup for Celebrity Jeopardy, you knew the next five minutes was going to be gold. And it was just Oh, that. absolutely. And I always felt, I felt that way about certain recurring sketches. Like, for instance, every single time they did What's Up With That, it was fucking oh, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> every single yes. time. Uh, yes. And that that was one of my favorite things. I remember the first time I watched the first time I watched it. It was it aired in December two thousand nine. The first time, and and I watched it. And and when it was over, I was married at the time, and my wife and I, when it was over, we because we were laughing our asses off. I looked at her and I'm like, "Was that the stupidest thing that you've ever seen in your life?" And she's like, <laughs> "Yeah." And I said, "That was also the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life." And it was one joke. And because you know, <laughs> because Keenan Thompson's a goddamn. National, oh, national treasure. Love. Oh, um, I grew up he, with him. I mean, he's been he's been in since I've been you know because uh, he was on. Um, uh, I would watch on Nickelodeon. It would be all that, which is the kids sketch show, right. and then it was Good Burger, I believe, right after yeah. it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I I I have loved him my entire he, life. He it, is a it, gem. Isn't it amazing though to see? Like he's become the elder fucking statesman of Saturday Night Live. He's Isn't been on the show longer than anybody else. Twenty seasons. He's been on. And for tw- he's. Then he set a record. It's like a record. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah. The, he's the longest tenured yes. uh, cast. God bless him. I and, love him. And, so and, much. and by the way, you'll be happy to know this. Maybe I'm giving you good news, and I always love to give you good news, Dana. But uh, you know, uh, they're making Good Burger too, the movie. I did not know. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god! I'm so excited. Um, oh, I'm so excited. So I have some more clips here that you that you that you wanted me to pull so we can talk about. Now, this next one is, uh, you know, uh, a, a few episodes ago, three episodes ago, my old friend from the Factory Theater, of which I was um, a member of an artistic director for many years and wrote and directed and acted in there. All of the people at the factory that I worked with and we all worked together, we were all graduates of Second City. So um, and we were all huge fans of SNL and uh, and that type of humor. Um, and one of the artistic directors before I was artistic director was um, Amy Seeley. And Amy is out in L.A. And she teaches writing and, and improv uh, in L.A. and has worked with Second City for many years. And she and I, I had her on as my guest to talk about uh, the best female cast members in the history of SNL. Um, right. And we each made a list. And uh, she made a list of 13. I made a list of 13. Uh, and she had three that weren't on my list. And I had three that weren't on her list. And then... You know, we had 10 of the same together, which was very odd. Uh, not very odd. One of the people that was on both of our lists uh, is in this next clip. Um, and I think she is one of the funniest. And I also think she's really underrated. And that's Sherry O'Terry. Um, oh, well, you, you know she's one of my faves. Yeah. And what is it about Sherry O'Terry that you love? Well, again, that was that, that era, uh, like her... Uh, her with Will Ferrell and the cheerleaders and her uh, as so many different characters. That that cast with, you know, all basically I loved all of that cast. It was like Anna Gasteyer and Molly Shannon in that era, right? Right. That was when I really, I think I was finally allowed to stay up 
and watch SNL, um, right, right. whatever age that was, uh, high school or middle, I don't know, middle yeah. school maybe, like later, but so late, like maybe eighth, ninth grade, whatever. And so because that was so, oh, and also Sherry O'Terry, the Spartans was our, our high school Oh, and no our, our like our, oh, yeah, no. that Borman. So I, I actually did a sketch with my brother. I don't even know why we got asked to do this, but I had to write a whole sketch. And they gave us the Spartan uniforms to be cheerleaders. I don't, I don't know if it was the end of school, the end of the school year. It was the end of the school year assembly. So there I am perform. Anyway, it was, it was kind of. That's I amazing. actually won people over. It was amazing, but yeah. So Sherry O'Terry, I love her because she, and you're right, she is so underrated. Um, I think so many funny women are actually like truly, I agree. truly funny women. I agree. And I, I don't think there is, she's never not funny. That's why I, I agree. And, and one of the reasons I love Sherry O'Terry so much, and I agree with you that the women are underrated. And let me just say this, and I've said this a million times uh, on this podcast, on my other podcast, and just in the world in general, the women have been the strongest cast members on that show for fucking ever. Like if you look at, like right now, currently, if you look at people like Chloe Feynman and Heine Gardner and Ego Woem, no, Woem, uh, and, and, uh, uh, and, and Shara Sherman and, and these people that are on the show right now, they're the strongest cast members. And that's been the way that it's been for a long time. And Sherry O'Terry falls under that category. And the character work that she did and, the, and the physical stuff, like her body work is amazing. That's exactly it. And and, she, and when she was teamed up with guys like Will Ferrell and her the shit that she did with Catan with Chris Catan was amazing. oh my god I know and so here's here's Sherry O'Terry and you 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 pointed this out this is one of your favorites this is Sherry O'Terry as the woman on the porch who if yes. something if something you know throws <laughs> if thrown on the porch she's gonna fucking keep it and uh, this is her and uh, this is her uh, on Halloween. Okay, good, you know, if I see that freaking skit one more time, I'm gonna put my foot through the TV. <laughs> Get the hell off my porch. Oh. Okay, you see this? All right, good. Okay, you see this? You kids got the whole street to vandalize, but guess what? You picked the wrong house because I keep it. Okay? Okay, good. All right, no, that's okay. Okay, good. Because you know what? Now you don't have to go to the price club for a month, you little mimple, you little Mr. Whipple bastards. Keep running. Keep running. <laughs> Hi, Loretta. How you doing, doll? I'm okay. A little gassy. We just ate. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the trick or treaters are precious. Yeah, but doll, whatever you do, don't let them use your bathroom. Last year, I had a little hula dancer woke up with a bottle of my Gina Tay. Yeah. Okay. So right, she I she ran off with a bottle of her Gina Tay. So that's basically <laughs> Sherry O'Terry on the porch by herself. It's a one woman show, and she's great. And she's great. I love it. One of the one of my favorite lines in that is, uh, "It was a hockey puck." Yeah. Uh, again, this is just from memory. Maybe I'm screwing this up too. But uh, <laughs> it was her timing was exceptional. Where she goes, uh, someone they were playing hockey, and the hockey puck lands on the thing. She picks it up. She's like, "Yeah, you see this? It's mine now." Oh yeah. Well, puck you too. <laughs> <laughs> It's fantastic. Uh, so Sherry oh. O'Terry, uh, amazing. Um, okay. You also love uh, Will Ferrell as Janet Reno. Um, oh, and, God. And, and these are all, and, and, and again, Dana, it's, it's great too, because these are all of a very specific time period. So I love that's that we're, right. yeah. we, are, we are reliving your youth, and I love this. And that's one of the things, <laughs> one of, one of the, seriously, one of the many things I love about SNL is that, you know, there was a period of time where, like, you know, uh, it, you relive your, your youth through watching it. Like, for me... You know, like for me, it's like, uh, you know, the cheese bag, cheese bag, cheese bag stuff and and the two in the wild and crazy guys and the blues brothers. That was all in my wheelhouse when I was around that age. And so that's the stuff that really gets me and brings right. me back, back right. to my childhood. And, right. and, and yeah, I'm glad you specified that because it's not that I think these are my, I, yep. my you know, the funniest of all time. Yep. It's that I, I like I mean, I still do think they're the funniest, but I've loved other ones that are that are, you know newer yeah. era of yep. course and even older era like you know i love the cheeseburger ones uh especially living in chicago and, and the bear like the bear. i remember all i do remember yep. those yep. uh but i think it's it's i i really really wanted to to what you asked me or what i i think i focused on was like what were the formative years right. for me of snl right. and i really like going down 
this 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 memory lane because it's like man it still makes me laugh and it's Absolutely. because it's like such a part of it's like part of the nostalgia of childhood I it think. is and it brings you right back to when you were 12 or 13 sitting in front of the tv when you probably shouldn't be sitting in front of the tv yes. at 10 30 yes. and all that stuff well i mean it wasn't so much the rules were a little looser in my house my as you know my dad took me to see the exorcist when i was eight so all rules Correct. were off Correct. um so i was allowed to that's why i watched snl at 10 the very first night it came on right so, yeah no but, this was a special treat for my strict yeah. italian parents right. this was that's also why is I feel like I was getting to do something right. wrong or risque. So that also adds to the whole and, allure of and, it. And that's exactly, and that's one of the one of the recurring themes every time I interview somebody for this show. And the reason why I love doing this show, one of the many reasons why, is because it brings back, it's like everybody's like, yeah, we were. it was forbidden. When I talk with Tom about watching the Lonely Island guys, he was like, I didn't know what, what I was watching. Was this what it was this? And there's that, that feel to it. Okay, you want to go to a Janet Reno dance party real quick? Of course I All do. Right, here we go. And now it's time for a segment of the show that I call Teen Talk, where I roll up my sleeves and shoot straight with the kids of today as we tackle the issues that affect them most. <laughs> Hello there. What's your name, and how old are you? Um, my name is Linda, and I'm 17. Bull crap, you liar. <laughs> where do you go to school? Ridgeway High. Shut your trap. Just shut it, you little liar. What do you like to do for fun? Oh, man, I have the skateboard. I love to go dancing. Okay, I'm sick and tired of all your lies. Now, I want you to shut up and listen to what our next guest has to say. Okay, so that's... That was, that's, 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 that's wait, well for, wait, that's what it was? I don't... I, that's hilarious. I, I remember her... Yell, I remember him yelling as her, as like, this, like, I just remember going, Janet Reno's dance party. I just remember, I just thought it was so funny that, she, that, that he was like angry yeah. all the time. Well, and, that, and, they, and they did it several times. They did it several times. And in fact, I mean, that was one of the many of them, but I wanted to get that one in there because he actually... Yeah, I love it. He interviewed, he interviewed Anna Gasteyer, Sherry O'Terry, and Jim Brewer at that. They, were, they played the Oh, kids. I heard it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And so, so I wanted to get that one in there. But I don't know if you remember or not, but one time Janet Reno came on. The real Janet I Reno came don't. on. And she busted through the wall like he did all the time. And Shut she was, up! And they were dressed exactly alike. And she was like, I'm here for the dance party, too. And it was... <laughs> And it was the real Janet Reno, and it's fantastic. And 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 that's you know that's happened several times. Like people who interview, or I'm sorry, who who uh, who do yeah. impressions, yeah, 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 they'll yeah. show up and confront. Like when Mark Wahlberg showed up and confronted Andy Samberg after Andy Samberg did. You remember Mark Wahlberg talks to animals? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Where, where it's like, hey, how's it going, chicken? Uh, uh, say hello to your yeah. mother for me when he did when he did, <laughs> say hello to your mother <laughs> yeah, for me yeah, yeah. when he did that. And then when, when Wahlberg showed up, and so when Janet Reno showed up, she was a good sport about it. She was hilarious. I love that. That's I great. love that. It's so funny. I don't even know how Janet Reno really talks. I don't think I ever, because I, I just, I was too young. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to politics. Yeah. I only know Janet Reno through Will Ferrell. Through Will Ferrell. Like, that's that's yep. how I will always yep. picture her. That's how a lot of people know Harry Carey. Through Will Ferrell, yes. through Will Ferrell, you know yes. what I mean. And a lot yes. of people who, a lot of people, a lot oh of God, people. Oh God, that's another one, Nick. I forgot yeah. about that. Well, so if it's something about a hot dog, would you eat yourself? Oh yeah. God, yeah, yeah, I yeah. forgot like, about that. Harry, was another big one. Yeah, Harry Carey talks about the universe, and uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, but the thing is, like most yeah. people, what's amazing, Dana, and you probably know this is true. A lot of people who do Harry Carey impressions now are doing Will Ferrell doing yes. Harry Carey. God, you know what isn't I mean? that great? Yeah. What a, that's great. Uh, speaking of Will Man, Ferrell. Man, I forgot about that. Thank yeah. you, Nick. I told that was definitely one I would. It, oh, gosh. That definitely isn't there. Okay, go ahead. So here's, here's Will Ferrell again, who was an all-star on that show, as we all know. I mean, completely. Yes. Um, but here's Will Ferrell and another amazing uh, female cast member, uh, Anna Gasteyer, who made my list of best cast, uh, female cast members of all time. And this is when they're doing the Culps. And they are the married couple who would go to, like, high school gymnasiums <laughs> and do songs. And I chose this one specifically. I didn't know which one you wanted to hear because I know you like the Culps and you love this I love guest. them all. But I, I'm excited I, to see what I, you picked. Okay, I won't say what it is. I won't say what it is, but, uh, but give this a listen. My cheese gone cold, I'm wondering Dear Slim, my name is Marty. I wrote this letter because I don't like to party. If you take drugs, I think you're a wiener. Besides, I can't take them. I'm a teacher at Altadena. I don't do drugs, because I got a good hobby. It's kicking at old stool with my fresh wife, Bobby. <laughs> yes, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. So I wanted to, I, I picked Stan. I picked when they did Stan. Um, uh, you could pick any number, because they would do medleys of songs. Oh, and yes. And it was brilliant. So was that, that was another one that got you when you were that, young? Oh, man. I love that one. And it was always like the... 
it was always the 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 top you know top yeah. ten songs like right. you know I, like I just remember one of the medleys went from like songs uh, songs 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 song, yeah. I don't think yeah. you're ready for this jelly like I just remember that specific <laughs> yeah. two, like one two punch and a thing yeah. like yeah. everything they did and then just also because I was in show choir like in, in in middle school or like you know choir and so that's always how those music teachers really are just like yeah. kind of creepy but mean well but try and be hip and just down to the way they looked like their whole characters you know the the his him being bald playing yeah. piano and like yeah. her you know very dated dresses and glasses and hair it was just the whole thing was so familiar with what i had been growing yeah. up with in show choir and then seeing and, that it's just so fucking so and the funny. and and the musical stuff was always some of my favorites too and and like going back to like you get two people who can do that kind of musical parody stuff so you get somebody like an Anna Gaston and Will Ferrell and you can go back to like um uh you know, uh, 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 Jan Hooks and Nora Dunn doing the Sweeney yes. Sisters, and as fucking great as it gets, I mean that's as great as it gets. And so, when when Sherry O'Terry and Molly Shannon would do Get a Leg Up with uh, with, oh. with uh, and and you know uh, Debbie Reynolds and uh, you know and and they would do that, and that was always funny. Uh, so that was always a good one. Right, now I want to play. This is this is you know you you chose this one, but this is universally considered one of the greatest sketches in the history of SNL. So let me play a little bit of it. And then I want to, I want to talk about the first time you saw it and how funny it was. And then I will tell you about the first time I saw this sketch. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Now, young man, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, actually, Matt, I kind of want to be a writer. Well, we got ourselves a writer here. Hey, Dad, I can't see real good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? <laughs> well, actually, Matt, uh, Ellen and I have encouraged Brian in his writing. Dad, I wish you could just shut your big yapper! <laughs> now, I wonder, Brian, from what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. You're going to be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down by the river. (laughs) Young lady, what do you want to do with your life? I want to live in a van down by the river. (laughs) Well, you'll have plenty of time to live in a van down by the river when... You're living in a van. <laughs> okay, so that's one of the greatest sketches of all time, and 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 I, I do want to mention um, that the other people in that in that sketch are losing it entirely, like they're laughing. Is the that the, that's yeah, that it, may be it, the one I saw. The very first t- one I the saw first, was that the, Christina Applegate. Yes, Christina Applegate. Yes. That was the very first time that Matt Foley had ever appeared on the show, and then that's yeah. Okay, everybody, great. and I will say this: everybody in that sketch, which was Julia Sweeney. Christine Applegate was the was the host. Uh, obviously, David Spade. Uh, yeah. The only person who did not break was fucking Phil Hartman because he's the the, the oh. glue and he's the greatest for me. The oh. greatest the greatest uh, uh, cast member in the history of SNL is uh, is oh, Phil one of the best. I mean, and, especially yeah, yeah, him as Sinatra always got oh, me every time. Amazing, amazing. And uh, but but you know, like Christine Applegate talks about how she was losing it. Like her hair is in her face that entire sketch. Yeah. <laughs> And she, and just like she was praying, oh my God, I have to get out. I have to get out this line. I want to live in a van down by the river. I have to get it out without laughing. And you know how hard that is, Dana. Like if you're oh. losing your shit on stage, oh. to and all you want to do is recover to get that line out. And she did. Um, she did. I was impressed actually, because then I'm like, wait, I seemed to, I, as you were playing that, I thought because she got that line out, yeah. and I'm like, wait, I seem to remember her breaking. Maybe that was a different time. Wow, no, I did it, forgot she that got, she like she, reeled it, it, it in. Because I mean, that line is a setup for a huge punchline. She had to get it out, and and it was great. But but it was great. But now, do you remember the first time you saw it? Do you remember the first time you saw Van Down by the River? That was it. That was the sketch. Yeah, the very first one I saw. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can was, tell you really, was those two. But like, what do you, what do you like? Meaning, like, time, I don't very, remember how old I was or okay. anything. I just the, remember that was the sketch I saw, and I, I remember, I because then I think he falls on the. He does. Uh, he goes he, through. He goes through the coffee time. table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. is, I don't know if you know this or not, but that that he did not tell Hartman or anybody else on stage, Julia Sweeney, anybody that he was going to go through the table. What he did was oh he talked. Chris Farley talked to the prop guys and said, "Put a breakaway table out there. I'm going to jump through it while we're live." God. And that's why everybody loses their shit when he goes to the table because only him and the prop guy knew. 
And so wow. when Farley goes through that table, Lauren didn't know, the director didn't know, everybody else, oh, nobody knew. And that's why, that's why the reaction is so goddamn funny, is because like he was not supposed to go through that table. And that's then he gets amazing. up and he goes, whoops-a-doo. When he gets up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, okay, so I can tell you really quickly the first time I saw that sketch. Yes. I went out to, uh, there was a place called, I don't know if you, you were here when... Uh, when Dirty Nellie's was a thing in Palatine. Did you ever go to Dirty oh, Nellie's? Oh, man, I didn't, but I do know it when I was in Chicago, yeah. Okay, so Dirty Nellie's was this bar, <laughs> this shitty little, like, bar in Palatine that actually held the record. I don't know if you, if, if you want to, this is a little fun fact for you. The next time you're at a party, Dana. Um, the, that area outside of uh, Dirty Nellie's was the number one area for picking up DUIs. Because people would stagger out of Dirty Nellies and get in their cars, and the cops would just wait for them. Oh and so <laughs> that was Dirty Nellies. So a friend of mine was in a band, and he was playing at Dirty Nellies. Their band was playing at Dirty Nellies. And in between sets, in the front, because in the back, the back was the stage where the bands played, in the back part of the bar. Mm-hmm. In the front part, there was a bar with a couple of TVs. And I remember I was at Dirty Nellies waiting for the second set of my buddy's band when that sketch came on for the first time. And I remember wow. we were sitting in Dirty Nellies. My friends and I were sitting in Dirty Nellies, losing our shit, like <laughs> laughing so hard. And here's the weird thing. The sound wasn't on because the music was playing, and we had to read the subtitles. We had to read the closed captioning. And we still laughed our asses off, like when you went <laughs> through the table. So, all right. I love that. I love so, that you were at Dirty Nellies. That's dirty Nellies. so that's, fitting for that ridiculous. sketch. Ridiculous. Okay, so here's the last one, the last clip that I'm going to play. Um, and you chose this specific one. Now, this involves my favorite female cast member in the history of the show, and I get a lot of shit because it's not Gilda. Gilda's my number two. Uh, my favorite cast member in the history of the show is Molly Shannon. I fucking worship Molly Shannon. She is unbelievably brilliant and funny. I love that she now has become a great dramatic actress and is doing yeah. like incredible work, and I've loved her since the beginning, and one of my favorite characters in the history of SNL is Mary Catherine Gallagher. Um, and you chose the specific one, which was uh, Rosie O'Donnell was the host. You chose this one. Rosie O'Donnell was the host. There was a special appearance by Penny Marshall as the nun playing piano. <laughs> and Whitney Houston. Um, <gasps> oh, I um, forgot about Whitney. She was the one who was auditioning for the Christmas oh, pageant. Oh, I forgot she was. At, I forgot. And yeah. so, that's, so that's two people who have passed on, uh, Whitney Houston and Penny Marshall, both on, uh, in this. Um, but this is Molly Shannon as Mary Catherine Gallagher, and everybody loses their shit. You specifically said this, that you, you love this because everybody loses their shit except for Molly Shannon. So I here's, mean, wow. Mo- yeah. Molly Shannon is Mary Catherine Gallagher with uh, Rosie O'Donnell, Penny Marshall uh, losing their shit. You just sit there and you play what I tell you to play. Come here, Mary Hopper. What are you doing here? Sometimes when I get nervous, I stick my fingers under my arms and then I smell them like that. (laughs) That's bad. It's not too nice, Mary Hopper. It's not. Now listen, all right? This is not to do with it. It's a solo. Jennifer solo. Because... Jennifer sings very well, all right? And yet, you continue to interrupt her. I'm asking you why you continue to interrupt her. The reason that I keep... Hold on, get candles, girls! I'm sorry, Sister Maria. Mary Catherine, why she interrupt her? The reason that I keep interrupting Jennifer would best be expressed in a monologue from the made-for-TV movie, A House Without a Christmas Tree, starring the Tony Award-winning... And ever irascible, Mr. Jason Robards. Okay, okay, so that's so that, I love her so much, and she just kills oh, me. That's the best. Uh, and that's Penny Marshall is losing it, and Rosie O'Donnell is losing it, and uh, you don't hear uh, uh, Whitney Houston, but she's on stage losing it. Uh, and that's the one that you specifically chose. Now, were you a fan of Mary Catherine Gallagher? Did you find it weird? Was her character weird? No, for you? not at all. One, again, that same era with with Sherry and Anna and all and Will and all those people. That was. That is such a, a fond uh, favorite cast for me because that was when I was starting to watch it or allowed to watch it religiously every Saturday. And Molly Shannon, like you, is one of my all-time favorites uh, cast members. And yeah. no, I I loved it so much because I grew up Italian Catholic. My parents yeah. met at a Catholic high school. I'd always hear about the nuns, but also I loved how committed. 
That's just always what I remember thinking is like how committed Molly Shannon was. And also, you know, similar to Chris Farley in the sense that she would constantly throw herself yeah. into things and break yep. things as that character. Yep. And she was very, you know, pretty petite, you know, like not that it makes it any easier for Chris Farley. I'm just saying like she was through down and she never, I remember every time she did that sketch, we, what she never broke ever. Yep. And I just, yep. I always commend that because um, it's really, it's really hard to do because you're, you're not laughing at yourself. It's more that I found it's hard to do when everyone's laughing because laughter's contagious, just yeah. like a yawn. Yep. And it's not that you think you're, you're funny. You're laughing at someone else laughing, you know, yeah. and the fact that she was able to do that and be so committed. And it's such a specific character. I don't know how she came up with it. It's just so, but it could have gone in like a, it could have been like a weird thing. No, I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's fabulous. I yeah. love her and, I, and, and she could do no wrong. It's funny because, you know, like you mentioned her being her, uh, because I've always described um, uh, Molly Shannon and, 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 and I've always described her as fearless. Um, yes, you know, in yes. that she will, the, the, my, my favorite time that she did Mary Catherine Gallagher, and it's hard to pick a favorite cause it, she did it so many times. And, but my favorite was when Gwyneth Paltrow was the host and she wanted to join a gang in the Catholic school and uh, she had to kiss a boy and drink from a toilet and all this other stuff. And at the end she goes nuts and jumps through all the toilet stalls and they all oh, fall off yeah. and the water starts shooting out everywhere. And she jumps through the wall like four times and I remember watching it going, God damn it, she's going to hurt herself. And she, yeah. And, and um, but no, I mean, that, and, and yes, if you grow up Catholic, obviously, and, and that actually that, that, uh, that, that Mary Catherine Gallagher is kind of based on, a, uh, loosely based on uh, one of her relatives. Um, oh, that's amazing. And uh, yeah, and she was, she would go 1000%. And every time she would do a character like Sally O'Malley, I'm 50. 50 oh. years old, which is one of the greatest characters in the whole joyologist. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, she is just everything she did was gold, man. And, and I don't know. I love it. So when you when um, so that at that time period and then in college, you said you, you went back and watched it. Now, how often do you get to watch it now? Do you you know now it's easier to watch just virally like the next day they're available on YouTube, all the sketches right. and all that stuff. So do you ever catch up on stuff? Do you get to watch any of the current stuff now? Um, I, like you said, I, I tend to do it when, uh, when there's, when there's something, you know, viral about it. Like I yeah. will say, um, so I don't, I don't really watch anymore, uh, but I do, I will like, if ever it's on, I'll keep, I'll have it on. But I, one of the, one of the funnier viral things, um, I saw that, w that I just thought was so, uh, so specific and so brilliant because it's true is that they did a song um about about i'm gonna butcher it but it basically is a it's like a sexy song about with women talking about you think they're gonna like have sexy time with themselves but it's not it's that they're gonna watch shows about murder yes and, oh yeah. And yeah, with, yeah, yeah i think that is because yeah. that that when that came out i was like man they have their finger on the pulse because yep. that's all my my girlfriends and i talk about is like yeah i just want to be at home alone watching things about murder yep. and uh, yep. women like, yeah. And it's like, so it's such a, it's such a bizarre thing, but yep. they made it. They, they, the fact that they were able to tap into that was brilliant. Yep. Yeah. And it's great. And I mean, that featured people like Cecily Strong who left the show this, this past season, who was so brilliant great. and Ego was in that one. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, and it's perfect too. Cause I know every woman I know watches that shit and, and it's obsessed with it. I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and to, to be able to do it before it's like so common, yeah. commonly spoke about, like they, they, they really got right on the top of the wave yeah. of that. And I, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm always in awe of, of the writers and the performers who can come up with that and come up with yeah. those kinds of characters, you yeah. know? To be well, so timely with that. Well, listen, I've had a great time reminiscing and going back and listening to this stuff, and uh, and I love I love the fact that it brings you back to your childhood when it was naughty to watch SNL. Um, yeah. And before before we say uh, goodnight, I want you to tell uh, everybody where they can see the disappearance of Toby Blackwood, which is a movie that I mentioned in your uh, you know introducing you, but it's a movie that I want more people to see. Uh, and the, your executive producer of it, and you're so goddamn good in it. Uh, you're so funny, and I loved everything about it, and I love talking to Joe about it. I had him on my other podcast, on the Nick D podcast, and it was great. Tell us really quickly about the disappearance of Toby, Toby Blackwood and where everybody can see it, and they should see it. Um, yeah, and I'm just an associate producer. I wish I, I, wish I had that producer, kind of okay. credit. I, yeah, I just, my first producer credit. Um, yeah, it, so it's basically, it, it, it's all, it was really shot all during the pandemic, um, and it, and it, it takes place during that time as well. And it's about, uh, 
uh, of two friends who it becomes their mission to find this former friend of theirs that has uh, apparently gone missing and he's a big YouTube uh, star, but he's a conspiracy theorist. So they have to, you know, talk to all of these internet crazies to be able to track down uh, one of their very old friends and make sure he's alive and hilarity ensues and it's and it's all the things it's taps into what we all went through and the the weird rabbit holes we went down maybe during that time and uh, Joe uh, Ahern is, is fantastic it's written by Joe Ahern and um, Doug uh, Mellard and got a lot of great cameos in it and uh, you can find the disappearance of Toby Blackwood out on all VOD on iTunes um, anywhere you can buy or rent uh, any VOD. Yeah. And if you want, I mean, my other podcast is the Nick D podcast. I had Joe Ahern on and we talked about it, uh, all about it. And you should check out that, uh, that episode, uh, here. Yeah. On I listened. It was one of the best, man. It was, it was, uh, it was fun. And I love the movie. I love it. And you're really funny in it. You're really, oh, really thank funny you so it, much. So. Thank you so much for supporting that. It yeah, was a labor yeah. of love. And, 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 uh, and I've been talking to, you. we've been, Joe and I have been communicating and I've been talking with some of the people at the music box and hopefully we can work out where you guys can come to Chicago and we can show it in this big, in the music box. And it would be, it would be fantastic. Oh, man, that would be something uh, crossed off my bucket list. Nick, yeah. if you make that happen, my head would explode. We would, we'll, but thank we're gonna, you so much for yeah. supporting it. Yeah. And, uh, and thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, you know, as I've said before, uh, I think you are cut from the same cloth as, as a ton of the women who have been on oh, SNL. Wow. Oh, and I man. think that, I think that you should be, and you should have been an SNL cast member many, uh, many times over. Cause I think you're that wow. goddamn good. Well, uh, that is the highest praise. I, I don't know that I deserve that, but Hey, thank you so much. Cause this was really so much fun and it was nice to have a little escape and, and, and to really just Man, I haven't belly laughed like that in a minute. So yeah. thank you, Nick. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I'm really, I really love how you do this podcast, and uh, I've been listening, and it's great. So thanks for having thanks. me on. I, I really loved it. it. All right, Dana, thanks very much. And that does it for this episode of That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. My thanks again to Dana DiLorenzo. So awesome, so funny, so talented, and my future ex-wife. My thanks to all of you for subscribing and listening. Please spread the word and check out all of the other amazing podcasts here at RadioMisfits.com. And take the time to rate and review us. And we want to hear feedback. Voicemail us anytime you want, 24-7, with your suggestions and your thoughts. 773-417-6948. You can email me as well, NickDPodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to uh, Ed at RadioMisfits.com. And, of course, to Jason Skaggs. Yes. Jason is the man responsible for the closing theme here and the opening theme as well. Incredibly talented guy. So my thanks to Ed, Radio Misfits, Jason Skaggs, Dana DiLorenzo, and to you. Please join us next time on That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. I'm Nick DiGilio. Thanks a lot. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.